0: Romans chapter number 7, we're going to look at verses 7 through 13 this morning as we continue in our study, uh, going verse by verse through the book of Romans. Romans chapter number 7, and starting in verse number 7, and we'll read down to verse number 13. The Bible says in verse number 7, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. And so this morning I want to preach on the subject or the topic of the ministry of the law, the ministry of the law. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we do come to you, Lord, just being reminded of your love and your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, and all of our lives. God, we're thankful that you loved us. There, There was no greater love hath been shown, Lord, than the love that that you have shown toward us and that you sent your son Jesus to lay his life down for his friends. God, we're so thankful this morning for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, and it was all motivated and driven by your love for us, a sinner. Lord, not deserving your love, but your grace was bestowed upon us. God, I pray that as we get into your word this morning, as we look at the law and what uh, really the purpose of the law is for us, Lord, today and for the lost, that God, we would be reminded once again of how you have, Lord, just been so gracious to us and sending Jesus, the only one who could fulfill the law for us. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for you. I pray that you would Lord, use me this morning, fill me with your spirit, give me the words to say so that your people might hear from you this morning. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray these things, amen. You may be seated. Last week, we talked about our relationship with the law as believers. We are now, as believers in Christ, we are dead to the law, amen? And and now we are to serve Christ in newness of the spirit bringing forth fruit, fruit unto God. We no longer bound by the law, bring forth fruit unto death. We uh, now been delivered by Christ in the body of Christ. We can now bring fort, forth fruit um, unto God. And so we're thankful for that truth that we talked about last week. But today in our text really reveals the, the, the benefits of verse-by-verse exposition through particular passages of books of the Bible. And that's what we've been doing going through Romans. we don't we don't skip over verses, right? We go verse by verse, and that we can find here that in this passage, it could very easily be passed over if it were if we as a church were not committed uh, to looking at the book of Romans in a complete study. But although these are challenging verses that we read this morning, verses to discern, they are very beneficial for us in our spiritual. Lives. I, be, I believe Paul uh, in this passage of scripture uh, is is really discussing his personal perspective of his spiritual journey. Now, there are many commentators that are split on that, uh, really, uh, whether if Paul is speaking of a personal experience from verses seven through verse number twenty-five. And just as I studied it uh, throughout this week, I've really believe, and I've kind of come to the conclusion that he is speaking of a personal. Experience in his life. You see, prior me, uh, to meeting Jesus Christ on the Damascus road and being converted from sin, Paul lived his life trying to obtain salvation through adhering to the law. Um, he tried to obtain salvation by strictly living a lifestyle of a Pharisee. And his efforts were unsuccessful, weren't they? Because the law only served to condemn his sin. The law did not serve to provide atonement or reconciliation to God. And so Paul had to come to an end of himself and trust Jesus Christ alone for his salvation. And I'm very sure that each of us can relate to the experiences of Paul in this text. And I want to examine the truths that he has shared with us in this passage of scripture as we look at the ministry of the law. Number one, we see that the the law exposes sin. The law exposes sin. Look at verse number seven. What shall we say then is the law sin? You see, Paul had spent a lot of time revealing the inability of the law to save, hasn't he? Up until this point, we've seen a lot of that. He taught that sin was not atoned by the law, but that men are condemned by the law. Apart from a saving relationship in Jesus Christ, Then we remain dead in our sin. We remain condemned of God according to the law. And since the law could not save, but it served to expose and condemn sin, some assume that the law itself was sinful or evil. But we find here that they, they saw no benefit in the law whatsoever. And Paul reveals that this kind of thinking and this doctrine when it comes to the law is nonsense, right? He says, God forbid, once again, have you lost your mind, right? God forbid. May it never be said that the law of God is sinful. In fact, in verse number 12, we'll see here in just a moment, Paul says that the law is holy and just and good. Paul continues by revealing the actual benefit of the law. It it exposes our sin, and it reveals the need for salvation. Listen, Paul was thankful for the law, even though it exposed his sin and condemned him. He declares he would never have known sin or realized his sinful condition had it not been for the law. He says in verse number seven. Look at what he goes on to say. God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Listen, he would have never known lust was sinful if the law had not commanded us not to covet. And this is really kind of where I, uh, through, through studying this, believe that Paul is speaking of a personal experience in his life. Because Paul was a Pharisee, wasn't he? Paul lived after the law. He adhered to the law. He was very strict about adhering to the law. But the Bible says that he would not have known really sin if it wasn't for the law. He wouldn't have known lust if it wasn't for the commandment of thou shalt not covet. You see, the nine commandments, before you get to the 10th one, really deal with a lot of external external religion, right? External acts. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. But when you come to the 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet, it really gets to the heart, doesn't it? And that's what Paul is saying. He saying, I lived after the law, but when I understood and when I realized that 10th commandment of thou shalt not covet, I saw my sinfulness. I knew that I needed a savior. Many today try to ignore sin. They try to rationalize sin because so many embrace it, but God has not changed his mind or his holy standard. And as we learned in chapter number one, we are without excuse. God has revealed himself to us through his creation and through his written word. And the word of God exposes sin in the hearts of men. And, and because of that, no one can claim ignorance regarding sin. Why? Because his Word exposes it amen the law of God exposes sin is what Paul is saying here in verse number seven but also we we find a very interesting verse verse number eight let's look at it it says but sin taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence for without the law sin was dead here we find a very interesting thought concerning the law of God and sin. Now, understand, we must never forget the subtle nature of Satan and his determination to use any means to entice us in sin. You see, sin takes occasion by the commandments, the Bible says. And that's better understood when we really understand the word uh, occasion. It means opportunity. And so sin takes the opportunity by the commandments Sin seeks to distort the law in an effort to create an opportunity for us to sin. And so what Paul is saying here is that the enemy tries to use the tool that God uses to expose our sin, the law, to entice us to engage in sin. And so as we look further into the text, we discover the damage that results from the enticement to sin. Through the opportunity sin presented Paul admits that he engaged in all manner of concupiscence. Now, it's probably not a word that you use every day, concupiscence. But it's a very interesting word. It's a word that means to long for that which is forbidden. It is to lust. It is to desire. And so Paul shares with us that Satan uses which is forbidden or off limits to us to create a desire in us for what we are forbidden to do very interesting. But if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. I think of my kids, and and you with with children or who have had children, what is the easiest way to get a child to do something? Tell them not to do it, right? Tell them not to do it. How many times has has a child been burned immediately after being instructed not to touch something that was hot? How many times has a child been uh, shocked by an electrical outlet immediately after being told not to touch? And so there's something in our nature that compels us to see for ourselves, right? Mainly because we were told not to. Have Have you ever seen a sign that says wet paint, don't touch? Man, don't you wanna touch that paint? You walk by that sign and you're like, I just want to see if it's dry, right? I just want to see if it's wet. And you touch, you reach out and you touch it and you get paint on your finger. That's what Paul's trying to say here. There is an inward desire obtained through our sinful birth that desires what is forbidden. And Satan can use something so good and so holy as the law to entice us to sin. But then he goes on to say, for without the law, sin was dead. He reiterates that that sin that um he, he reiterates that that it the law exposes sin. Now, when Paul says, For without the law, sin was dead, it does not imply that sin was non-existent prior to the law being given. Because we know that sin existed ever since Adam sinned in the garden. Amen? So that's not what Paul's saying. What Paul is saying here is. Is that prior to his knowledge and his understanding of the law, he did not fully understand the depth of his sin. He did not realize the magnitude of his sin or his need for salvation until it was revealed by the law. And I say, thank God for the law because of that. Amen? Thank God that the law exposes our sin. But not only that, do we see that it condemns our sin. The law condemns our sin. Look at verse number nine. The Bible says this, for I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Now, Paul speaks of the time here in his life where he sought righteousness through adhering to the law. Right, just, we kind of talked a little bit about it after verse number 7 there could be no doubt that paul was very zealous was a very zealous defender of the law he was a pharisee of the pharisees he adhered to the law no one would have been more considered considered more worthy among the devout jews than paul although paul was willing to adhere to the law in an outward practice he never considered the deeds within his heart And when he realized that his inward desires were just as condemning as his outward displays of righteousness, he died, not physically, but spiritually. He knew that he was dead in his sin. So in essence, Paul came to the sobering reality that righteousness was not obtained through works of the flesh or keeping the law of God. Can I get an amen this morning? Aren't you thankful for that truth? I'm thankful I didn't have to work my way to to, to heaven. I'm thankful I didn't have to work my way for salvation. And we we too needed to come to the same realization that we were sinners, that we were lost and that we could not obtain righteousness on our own. You see, prior to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we lived our lives to please ourselves. And if we're honest this morning, the flesh enjoys the pleasure of sin. However, once we were confronted by the Holy Spirit and we were shown our need, what happened? We were devastated. We realized how futile our attempts at obtaining righteousness really were. We felt condemned, we felt alone, we felt afraid. And as com- as uncomfortable as that condition was in our life, it was beneficial, why? Because it led us to our salvation. Thank God for the law. But verse number 10 goes on to say, and the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. Paul had spent many years in his life in pride and feeling great accomplishment by adhering to the law. He took a lot of pride in that. But he realized there was a point in his life when he realized that his efforts were in vain. And rather than being counted righteous, through the law, he discovered he was condemned by the law and he was lost before God. And all of his works had not accomplished anything of value concerning his spiritual standing with God. I love that verse for by grace are ye saved through faith. Man is not of yourselves, but the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Paul closes this condemnation that the law brings in verse number 11, for sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it slew me. Satan had used the law of God to entice Paul into sin. He had lived his life believing that all was well between him and God. But he came to the realization that he was dead in sin. His works were, had not provided life, and your works will not provide you life, but it kept him bound in dead religious deeds. All his work had been in vain. So the Bible tells us here that that it exposes, the law exposes our sin. It condemns our sin. But then lastly, I want us to see that it is holy, that it is holy. So When Paul gives all of this about the law, does it mean that the law itself is a bad thing? Paul answers that question here in verse number 12. He says, no, it might be frustrating. It might be provoking, but it remains. The law remains a holy gift of God intended for our good. He says in verse number 12, look what it says. Wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. You see, while some argued that the law was sinful, that it was evil, Paul argued just the opposite was true. Right? God's law given in his word is holy, it is just, it is good. It does serve to condemn our sin, it does serve to expose our sin, but it also serves to point us to Jesus Christ, the only one who could fulfill it. Many do not like the word of God. Why? Because it convicts. It discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. It is a two-edged sword that pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And we live in a day where many view the the word of God as some did in Paul's day. Many claim that God's word is what the problem is, right? It's outdated. It's archaic. It's no longer relevant for our day today. But listen, the holy standard of God has never been, nor will it ever be, the problem. The sinful and deceitful hearts of mankind is where the problem lies. Our society wants to live as they please with no accountability or challenge to their sinful nature. And the word, understand this morning, church does not need to be silenced or hidden, it needs to be embraced and proclaim to a world that desperately needs to hear it. Why? Because the law is holy. It's just. It's good. And it does its God-given work to make us feel the weight of our sin and to make us feel the need for our forgiveness. So does this mean that the law itself, a divine revelation from God, is the cause? for our ultimate doom. Look what Paul says in verse number 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me? There it is again, God forbid. God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Paul says what it is that dooms us is sin. Sin dooms us, not the law. Here we see the horrible nature of sin. Sin takes the holy law of God and destroys us with it. It uses the divine law for its own evil purposes to arouse within us forbidden desires. And the problem then is not the good law of God, but it is in the sinful nature of human beings. The problem is not that the demands of the law are too great or the standards of the law are too high, but that human nature is too weak. Listen, the power of sin in a person's life is too great, it is too perverse, and no matter how well and how no matter how well intention a person might be, no one has what it takes to live out the demands of the law and fulfill it. And so that truth is the ultimate predicament confronting those who view the law as a way of salvation. And so with Paul this morning, I say, praise God for the holy, just, and altogether good law. Praise God that it exposed my sin. Praise God that it revealed my condemnation. Praise God that it led to conviction of sin. Listen, I am glad this morning that God loved me so much that he refused to allow me to continue in sin without confronting sin in my life. Listen, had I never been convicted of sin, I would never have realized my need for Jesus Christ. Had I never realized my need for Jesus Christ, I would have never been saved. And through his gracious mercy, God provided the means of my salvation And he opened my eyes to the truth of his word. Aren't you thankful for the law this morning? Because the law leads us to Christ, the only one who could fulfill it. So the question is this morning is, have you responded to the call of God unto salvation? The truth has been shared this morning today and I'm sure that if you are unsaved, you are aware of your need this morning. So why not come to Jesus in faith and repentance so that you too can be delivered from sin and death? Because here it is, church, the law will not save you. But the law, because it's good, it's holy and just, can point you to the one who can. So this morning, I, I, I just wanna say with Paul, this morning that I am thankful and praise God for the law. Praise God that it exposed my sin and my need for a savior.